Hi, this is Eric Fiorello, and you are listening to Motivation and Muscle, streaming radio 24-7 with yours truly, Eric Fiorello. And why are we doing these bumpers? I'll tell you why. To make the M&M and FPC brand stand out high and above everybody else, and to spread the word excellence. I commit to excellence. So, if you're new to the show... Keep climbing with us because we are going to the top, and I mean to the top. The information presented in this podcast is not intended for the treatment or prevention of disease or any medical condition, nor is a substitute for medical advice. The information contained here in this podcast reflects only the opinion of the author and presenter and is in no way considered required practice. Welcome to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connects your brain to your brawn. Hi, this is Eric Fiorello, and I want to welcome you to Motivation and Muscle, streaming radio 24-7. Today is the 7th of September already, 2019. You know, this is real important. I was talking to some friends the other day about breathing. And, you know, as we always say, stand up, take a deep breath out through your mouth, and repeat after me. I am a winner. I am a champion. I am unstoppable. Those three lines in themselves, if you plug those in and say them repeatedly for a minimum of 21 days, you will have a shift in your thinking. Things will start changing. This is I, I can't emphasize this stuff more. I've talked about it on solo shows. We have our pal Scott Shetler coming in momentarily. If you've listened to Scott's shows, and you should go out and listen to all these shows. Over and over again, I say make sure you got headphones or earbuds in whatever you're listening to. Because you're going to hear things even better. You know, if you're working on something, you got something playing in the background with it, fine. But you're much better sitting or laying down, making yourself still, and putting this stuff right into your subconscious mind. Believe me, as I've said, I, Carmen Caputo was on here the other day. And we did, I just put the show up yesterday, it was called What Do You Want? And, you know, Carmen just turned, I believe, 74. He's got 59 years of training, and we were talking about all this stuff, you know, how things get in there. And I said, one thing about the motivation muscle family, most of us are all entrepreneurs, number one, which I love, because then you can really talk about what you do. But the greatest thing of all is we're all physical culturists. We might do different things, but when it comes to the end of the day, we all have a belief of mind, body, and spirit across the board. That's what gets you where you want to get. So keep an eye out for all this and listen. Listen, think, and teach because you can teach too. Also, too, go out to FiorellaBarbellCo.com. Winners and Champions, that is my premier product. Go out, digitally download it. You're going to see an awful lot of changes. There's an awful lot of programs and things coming up here. It's just going to be a matter of when we can put everything together and get it out. But there are a lot of products laying on there. I'm also writing... Um, well, it's probably going to be in digital form. I'm writing um, a book about three brothers, and it's going to be very interesting because it's myself, Jimmy, and my brother, John, and it all takes place in the Italian Alps. And when you hear the concept of what I came up with, with the three of us, how three little boys come back men, you won't believe it when you hear it. And 
I'm not going to give any more out, but there's a reason why we went to the Italian Alps. There is a big reason why. So that's some of the stuff I'm working on. I love doing that. I love writing, but it's more probably going to be in vocal form, obviously. That's the way to go. Because once again, you can plug it in anywhere. And you want to talk about inspiring? You'll have tears rolling down your cheeks when you hear me tell these stories. It's going to be unbelievable. So next, um, the big, one of the biggest things is investing in M&M and FBC. That's out on FiorelloBarbellCo.com. investment, not donation. There's no begging here. You're investing in two big companies, and I mean big down the road, multi-million dollar companies. And if you don't believe me, you're going to get to see it because things are just fanning out more and more. I'm not going to say it's easy. It's not. But it's all how you rise to the challenge that's going to get you to where you want. If it's woe is me or I'm a victim, get out of it now. Because you don't belong in it. But if it's I'm going to take it on the chin and come back and give you a left and a right and knock your ass on the floor, you're in the right place, man. So keep going, as I say. Keep going. Also, too, go out to uh, motivationmuscle.com slash category slash podcast. As I said, go out and listen. Go out. Well, not only listen. Go out and just look at all the shows that Scott and I have done. The last one we did the end of July was called the deadlift controversy. You need to go out and listen to it. It was a great show. And the good thing was more than anything, we weren't out beating anybody up. We were very clean, precise in what we believed. And that's the way men do things. If you're going to sit around and beat somebody up, that's like being a little girl to me. And uh, that's not going to work here at Eminem, let me tell you. Um, we believe, though, and, you know, you go out and get your stuff and do what you need to do, plead your case, and away you go. And it's much better that way. People will be a lot more prone to listening to what you're saying rather than ranting and yelling at everybody. It doesn't work. doesn't work for me. Also, too, go out and sign up for our free newsletter at MotivationMuscle.com. It goes right out to my MailChimp account, and you know how we are with content. We are loaded. Also, too, another great way to come in and invest by advertising here. We're going to be here for the next 30 years. We want to help you with your vision, and you'll help us with ours. And that's the way to work. Build networks of people. The more people you bring in, the more people others know. You don't know where you could go from there. There's been, you know, a lot of big things happening here. And I can tell you, it's just constantly from going out and pushing. Keep going, keep going. Somebody likes you, they tell somebody else. Bang, bang, bang. Clarence Bass is coming in here Monday. Who'd ever think I'd have Clarence Bass on here? I mean, think about that. These are people that have been around. And, you know, with the passing of Franco Colombo now, there's been rumors that uh, Manfred Horrible has passed away too. I've seen nothing to establish that, but a few people were out on Etched in Stone and said the rumor was that he passed away. I hope he hasn't. But if he has, rest in peace, my friend. I'm telling you, it's unbelievable the way you're watching so many people going down. And when Clarence Bass wants to come on here, you damn straight he's coming on. We're losing these great people. And we need to have him on here and be part of the family. So Monday he'll be on after Gary Clark. So that'll be a very interesting show. Um, 
YouTube channel, Fiorella Barbell Company, Real Men, Real Strength, Real Power. And I'll tell you what, we are the best. We are the best. And I'll tell you, I'm getting better and better vocally. I'm getting better and better with the show. I've had a lot of people saying to me different things. Can't believe someone hasn't, you know, scooped this show up or you or whatever in time. This is what happens now. This is how you build yourself and build your craft. You rush into something, chances are you're going to die by the sword for sure. There's no guarantees. I know people say anything, but the only guarantee you have is be the best you can be, put out the best product, and help as many people as you can. Because that's what this show's about. When it comes to the end of the day, I'm thinking like last night with when I put Carmen's show up. Who's this going to help? Who's been waiting to hear something like this that finally is going to get the push to do it? And that is the idea. And on that note, I'm going to bring our good, good friend, our family member in. Um, and it's always an honor to have you on, Scott. Welcome to the show, brother. Thanks, Eric. Always good to be here, man. Give out, you know, websites, any information, obviously. And Scott and I are going to talk about something I am very, I, I love. Overhead pressing, and we're going to hit on the point of the of 1972 when it was dropped from the Olympics. And Scott's going to be going to uh, the Paul Anderson Youth Home, and we had a gentleman on here that runs it, Mr. Reed. Um, and I hope he looks him up. I hope he's still there, and they can uh, stri- strike up a conversation because he was a great guy. But go ahead, Scott, give out everything, brother. Yeah, man my uh, <clears throat> my website is eptsgym.com. And uh, that's kind of the home of my uh, brick and mortar training center down here, uh, just outside of just outside of Atlanta. Uh, people find links to all my social media pages, as well as all the products that I have, my blog, my video blog, my podcast, and everything like that. So if they go to eptsgym.com, they can get all the information on what I do, both uh, out of my training center and through my online remote coaching program as well. It's awesome stuff, man. You do great stuff, and I'm sure people thrive off you. And, and, you know, that's the most important thing that, you know, you've taken a lot of years like myself to cultivate where you are. And I think people, if they really get an understanding of that, you know, um, as a friend of mine said the other day, you know, and this has nothing to do with you, but I'm sure this has come across your mind many times. You know, I've done a lot of things for people for free, and, you know, they show up, sometimes they don't, you know, they last for a while. Then you don't see them for six months and they're on the phone or knocking on the door, can I come back? And the one thing he said to me, he goes, you know what your problem is, Eric? And I was like, okay, lay it on me. He said, you need to start charging people. And I know you do, but you need to charge them more. Because he said, what I found in business is if you charge too little, they don't think you're any good. If you charge nothing, they might show up, they might not, but when you char- it seems like if you overcharge them, they'll be there every time. Well, that's the way it is, that's the way it is. But it's pretty amazing how the human mind works in a lot of instances. It's like I've talked here, Scott's been on here, we need to drive money. We're not getting much as far as um, uh, investment anymore. And obviously I'm out working. I don't like that. I don't want to work for somebody else. So we have somebody in here. We're building up the uh, training again here at FBC Steel and Stoneyard. And the main thing is to get this show national. That Then we get advertising. There's not going to be any more nonsense anymore, right? That's how this stuff all drives. 
So I know that we are in the middle of working with somebody via Steve Cotter, who is a number one who will be on here tomorrow with me. So steps, take steps, take steps, take steps. Um, Nothing is just going to happen overnight. I try to tell everybody that. If that's what you're in it for the short term, you're no, there's no point of getting in it. This is a lifetime. Physical culture is a life to me. I don't just do this radio show and FBC and all that just for the hell of it. It's not a hobby, you know? So this is the way it is. That's why I'm trying to tell people is if you want to do this, go for it, man. I would never dissuade anybody, but at least listen to what we talk about and get a little bit of an eye opener. Maybe you don't quit your job right away. All right. Stay at your job, even part time while you're doing your craft, what you love to do. There's a lot of things you can do to maybe soften the blow of this. But the bottom line is anything new that's worthwhile. And you hear all the experts out there that are truly experts. I'm talking speaking. They've gone through the same shit Scott and I go through and we'll go through the rest of your life because just because you're worth some money. You could be a millionaire, you could be worth a half a million, you could be a billionaire. You don't think they have problems every day? (laughs) Problems don't go away. But what you do is you find a solution and and think about it. Overhead pressing, Scott. I'm going to let you start right off. Give me your view on overhead pressing. Um, We'll get into why it disappeared, you know, not only in the Olympics, but from the gyms and you know, I'm just going to throw a whole bunch of stuff out. You know, Olympic, obviously, clean and press, press off stands. I love dumbbells, but I'm going to throw it in your lap first. Take it, start it off, and I'll, I'll take it from there, brother. Yeah, man. I think the overhead press is probably one of the uh, one of the more important pressing movements, but also one of the ones that's, in my opinion, from what I see, uh, not performed as much because – one of the biggest factors is loading. You know, you get a lot of people that get into the gyms and they're all they're worried about is that bench press because you can lay down on the bench. You got that stable surface you can press against and you can handle more weight, you know, and everybody, all those young guys want the big pecs, you know, the big guns. That's why they're going to the, uh, why they're going to the gym, you know, to, to bulk up. But the overhead press, in my opinion, is a much better indicator of upper body strength because done strictly, there's no way to get around. And I mean, we'll talk about how the press was kind of modified to uh, increase the poundages and why it ultimately ended up being taken out of the Olympics. Yep. But a strict overhead press is such a great measure of strength because without leg drive, you're using your torso muscles, your hips, your legs to stabilize the load to, to keep the body stable. And then you're relying on that lower back strength, the triceps and the delts to get that bar overhead. And it is a, uh, it's a, it's a difficult thing to move a lot of poundage in if done strictly and correctly. Oh yeah. Because when you stand there, we used to always call it, we still do, you know, pressing that thing bolt upright. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's face it. You've got to be one strong individual and see, you know, Scott, this is where I think a lot, and, and this could deal with the press too, in a lot of ways. Well, we know that because of the way things were modified with Hoffman and uh, and we'll get into all that. But the world has gone way too poundage conscious now. And it's been going on for a while. You know, it's like, okay, bench 1,000 pounds. Now can we bench 1,500 pounds, 1,300 pounds? I don't even know what the record is anymore. But the point of the matter is, is this. 
I like Raw. You and I obviously agree with the press. You know, uh, I don't care if they wear a singlet. They were back way, way back. That's not helping them. Some of them wear maybe a, a loose leather belt, whatever. But that's it, man. You know, uh, and and the thing that's amazing is, you know, you'll see people say, well, geez, uh, you know, whether they take it off the, the rack or they take it, you know, clean and press it. Well, 250 pounds, you know, that's not a lot. I'm going to say so. Have you ever push 250 pounds over your head it's not a 250 pound bench press where you're laying on a bench and you you know half the time i've walked i remember you know i used to go to commercial gyms you know i would dispute some of these guys what they're even supposedly pushing they'd have suits on where i swear to god they looked like they were frankenstein the way their arms were all you know shot out You'd have six guys, they're blowing ammonia through their nose, they've got chalk everywhere where it's like, you know, they hit their hands together, you can't, you can't see them for like two seconds, laying on the ground, laying on the bench, you know, arching, um, big, thick, huge leather belt on, you'll have two guys on each side, one in the back, and it's like, they can't even lift the fucking thing out themselves and bring it to their chest. And I'm saying, what is this crap? Next thing you know... You know, maybe they press it, maybe they don't, but usually they press it. I don't know if they're helping them or not. It, you don't know. They're they're attached to the bar. I don't know what they're doing. The point of the matter is all that old raw stuff. I put a thing up, I think it was Peanuts West the other day. And I think he was even on a wooden bench. And it was pretty much like an ISO. And he pressed it. And I think it was over 400 pounds. Let me tell you something, man. That is a sick bench press. Raw. Yeah, Nothing. and, and Peanuts, Peanuts was only uh, – I don't think he ever competed over 198. Exactly. Uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't a huge guy, you know? No, he was brutal. You know who I was going to put up yesterday, and I'll put him back up? You remember Mel Hennessy? Yeah. Well, you you want to talk about a, a bench presser? You want? I, I mean, all around. The guy had a chest on him. I mean, holy shit. It looked like, you know, if he stood sideways, you wouldn't be able to see around him. It was so friggin' wide from the side. Right there is telling you how developed he is. Because most guys, as they say, the front's fine to the side. They, they're lost in the shadows at that point. You know, they're to me, they're like hollow at that point. But, yes, overhead. Um, variations, obviously, we know. Clean, press, pull it off squat stands, whatever you want to do, press it. The thing I love about all that, and you hit it right on the head, it's overall strength. I mean, you know, they can say, well, the anterior delt, you know, rhomboids, you know, spinal erectors, obviously lower back. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, I, I mentioned this. I don't even know now if I said it live. I think we, I did, or I, we were talking offline. I mean, look at the leg package on these guys. I mean, I, yeah. you go out and look at the old lifters. And I said, you know, I said to Scott, all right, I knew they were, a lot of them are big Front squatters, especially when you look like Redding, Alexia, you know, Ken Patera. Any, look, we, they have to, all right? I mean, I've heard rumors where they said Alexia was front squatting 1,000 pounds. Yes, no, maybe, I don't know. You know, when the guy is cleaning and jerking over 500, you got to figure he's got to be hitting at least in the 7s or 8s, man. There's no way he's just doing a 500-pound front squat to do that. But regardless, but go and take a look at some of these guys. And I'm telling you, you look at their thighs, and it's like, holy shit. Well, look at what happens when they have a bar over their head. You'll see almost like a big teardrop in their in the front of their thighs. And that's not by accident, folks. When you're supporting that type of weight, 
whether it's a clean and jerk or just a straight press overhead, let me tell you, everything is working from head to toe. Your feet are just, you got to have great feet, good footwork, the calves, the ankles, everything works in conjunction with each other. But I think, like we were saying, you know, we know a lot of it was politics, maybe, and we're going to get into this right now. But I will tell you this. This is a sad state of affairs because most people have no idea what pressing even is. And you won't see this in most commercial gyms because if you're lucky, you might find an Olympic bar. You might find a platform, but that's highly doubtful. And there's nobody doing this stuff. So who out there, kid-wise or whatever, is going to even emulate anybody that's doing it? And we're going to get into this too, and I'm going to just say this before I go back to Scott, is this. One of the things I think that are just beautiful, too, is, you know, the old-timers are big on it. Dumbbell pressing. I mean, cleaning and pressing. I mean, look at any of this stuff. Look at the big dumbbell rows you used to see. The dumbbell deadlifts. The du- Anderson. You know, I put the pictures up of Paul and, and Doug Hepburn yesterday and Paul this morning. Why? I made a note. I said, Scott and I were going to talk about overhead. Well, here's two of some big overheaders right here. Among everything else, you know, look at some of the pictures of Paul with the one-armed dumbbell bench pressing. I mean, the goddamn thing's as big as a truck axle. Take it away, Scott, because I could go forever. It's all yours. Yeah, yeah. I just you know, want to comment, you know, again, on what you said about how uh, every muscle is involved in the press, and and it really is. You know, so a lot of people look at the overhead press as like a shoulder yeah. exercise, and that's just the the primary mover is the shoulders and the triceps. You know, but every muscle in the body is either being held statically to support the body, or it's active to move the barbell. So there isn't one. I mean, if you put a heavy weight overhead. There's not one muscle in the body that's not contributing in some capacity. Yep. And that's one of the biggest challenges in the bench press. You know, you hear all the time people talk about leg drive and getting the body tight and squatting through the bench. And the bench is very easy to relax the body on and just let the upper body move the weight. But if you want to move some big bench weights, you have got to drive through your legs. You've got to get your whole body tense. Well, you have to do that in the press. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing for that body to brace against. And that, that makes it hard. And, you know, typically what you'll see people do is they, I don't want to call it a cheat because a push press and a jerk are legitimate exercises when the goal of the workout is to work your push press or jerk. But when you watch people start a strict press, the, the minute it starts getting heavy, what do you start seeing? Yeah. Start seeing knee dip and leg drive, Yep. you know, and, and, and that ridiculous thruster or whatever that people have done, you know, through the, the CrossFit, yeah. you know, where, where they don't even they don't even kind of put they, – they turn themselves into a piston, you know, and, yep. and they, they go down with the bar when it comes down. They go up with the bar when it comes up, you know, and there's really no – you know, that becomes more of a metabolic ac- activity than a, than a muscular exercise in my opinion. But it's, uh, it's tough and it brings into play every single, every single muscle fiber in the body when, when done correctly. And, and I, I forgot what blog I was reading recently about the overhead press, but – uh, whoever the author was had made the comment that it is the true measure of strength. And, yeah. you know, a lot of people say the squat, the deadlift, which are, you know, we could argue those as well. But when it comes to uh, pressing, it's it's hard to say there's anything better for uh, a, a measure of strength than the overhead press. And like you said, too, about other implements, you know, about what, what about pressing dumbbells and what about, you know, kettlebell presses sure. are, yeah. are one of my – my favorite, uh, one of my favorite overhead movements, and uh, it's just this fascination 
you know, strength used to be, can you pick it up and put it overhead? Yeah. You know, it didn't yeah. necessarily have to be a barbell. You know, that's how uh, kettlebell lifting was born. I, I, I don't know how true the story is, but allegedly it was uh, Russian farmers. You know, the, yeah. the, the kettlebell was originally a weight used in agriculture. You know, it was uh, used on scales, a counterweight for scales. And then they'd be standing around and they were fascinated with overhead strength. And they started picking them up and putting them overhead, you know, and, and uh, that, that, that was the – that was the goal. That was the purpose of the uh, movement was to get the weight overhead. And it doesn't have to be with a barbell, man. There's so many great, so many great things that you can uh, use implement wise. Well, I think, you know, what I think a lot of it is, I mean, obviously when we talked before we came on, you know, with the Olympics, I, I'm not going to get in. There's been all kinds of rumors, but you know, it was the fact that supposedly they couldn't judge it anymore because things got kind of loose and we get bending and, you know, this drive, that drive. All right, but I'll tell you what. I don't think they went about it the right way regardless what it was. Um, rules are rules. If the stuff is not strict, guess what? You're out. And we know people don't have the guts to do that anymore because a lot of this is driven by dollars through money, through, you know, the shows, whatever they're going to do, if they're going to run, you know, back in the day, you go back and you see the old shows, Wide World of Sports, you know, uh, they need the revenue money. I got it. I do too. But I'll tell you what, when when you talk about something that really, really was exciting to watch, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe people just don't care. I miss that, and you can hardly find that stuff anyways. You know, you got to search to find anything with Olympic lifting. You know, they'd rather show show uh, snowboarding. I could care less. I want to watch these brutes come up and just pulverize a bar. You know, you're on a platform. It's loaded up. Take it away. All right? No equipment. Nobody lifting it for you. Nobody screaming at you. Or if they are, you're not hearing them. And you put that thing overhead, or you don't. It dump, you dump it, and and that's what I've always liked about stone lifting and everything. You know, yeah, things happen, but you know, you either lift it or you don't. No excuses. Well, you know, go ahead, man. The, the thing is, though, the thing, it, the minute the the minute the activity becomes a a competition, yep. it, it becomes a sport. This is where we see things changing, and I'm not going to say this is bad or good. It's just the evolution. Once something that is, we might call it, <clears throat> you know, pure, yeah, you know, yeah. but once once something is turned into a sporting competition, the purity of the art mm-hmm. or the movement gets lost in favor for the win. Exactly, and that's not necessarily a bad thing because ultimately, sports is about competition and the win the winner so you can you can understand whether or not we agree with it you can understand why things evolve and we've seen it in powerlifting and there's there's big opinions in powerlifting but the fact of the matter is this is what the sports evolved into and if you're not doing everything you can to maximize your poundage then you're giving the advantage to the competitor that is yeah and that's why i'm not down on you know bench shirts and squat suits and stuff that's just that's part of the sport you're only competing against other people wearing the gear, you know, it's yep. its own division. It's, you know, it's, I, I call it like, like uh, pole vaulting versus high jumping. You yep. know, it's, it's how you choose to get over the bar. One's going to allow you to get a little bit higher. That's how I look at gear. So this whole, you know, is gear better than raws, right? You know, I, I don't really care because it's its own division. You're not competing against, you know, raw lifts. They're, they're two separate numbers. They're two separate categories. So that's fine. 
But, you know, my, in my opinion, you got no business being an adventurer if you're not a competitive power lifter. Exactly. But yep. you're going to compete. You better damn well use the best gear you can get your hands on or else you're giving an, and, and learn how to use it or else you're giving an advantage to your competitor. So that's a completely different story. You know, we even see it, we even see it in martial arts. You know, I've been studying a little bit of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and I, and I work with a lot of competitive uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu athletes. And, you know, one of the things they talk about is the difference from, you know, a, a self-defense or a combat of art versus how it's used in, say, tournament competition because people might play a little bit differently to gain advantage points and, and things like that versus, you know, a life and death combat of situation, you know, it's, it's, it's done a little bit differently. So you even see how in martial arts, uh, it's affected the way, uh, the techniques are maybe implemented or applied. You know, I, mm -hmm. I don't compete myself due to the sport, so I can't really comment too deeply on it, but just in the conversations I've had with some of the more seasoned competitors I've worked with, and some of them are even kind of down on the whole tournament format just because of the way things you know have panned out so it's inter it's interesting to see how sport has affected many things you know not just weightlifting and 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 powerlifting and things like that and going back to your comment about stones that's one of the things that i always appreciated about steve jack's writings you know oh, yeah. uh what's just talked about the the purity of going out you know you, you don't have bleachers full of spectators and stuff like that you're out in the woods, you know, you're out at the quarry or whatever, you're picking up the stone, and it really is up to you, did you lift it honestly or not? Well, you know what else, Scott? Steve got it, okay? That's the difference between him and a lot of people. And, you know, Stevie and Jack Shanks were on here last week, and the show was phenomenal, and I've got Charlie Oliphant coming up, and we had talked a little bit about the gathering this year, and it was the biggest one ever. You know, they they added four Dinny events, and, and Stevie talked about the fifth one they're going to have next year. It's still very pure, um, you know, with Charlie and, and, and the Ard Blair Stones. It allows any age group to come in and watch, and if they have the interest, they have uh, the ability there with people around to lift i believe they start at 40 and go to 335 atlas stones it's a great way to get people involved especially kids um you know i have it with my own nephew danny and charlie with lawrence it's amazing at how eager and hungry these kids are now this is i want to roll this right back because i agree with you if you're going to compete in whatever and they're using equipment then you got to do it if it, unless you are so sure of your abilities, you're going to go in there no matter what and see what happens. I'm sure there's people that do that, win, lose, draw, whatever. But I think this is what's going to happen, and I think you're going to start seeing this more and more eventually, is people are just going to get sick and tired of a lot of this stuff. And it's already happening all over. You start seeing things splinter off. Now, if you got to make a lot of money, you might have a problem, but... I don't know. I, I, we're very cyclical uh, with a lot of things. My feeling is with what I love to do and everything, I am doing everything I can to bring it back to its basic form. Well, I need this. No, you don't. Well, this one's doing that. Well, then maybe you got to go do it with that. Because you and I both know we've talked about physical culture for years since you've been on here with me. Do you want to do this the rest of your life, or do you want to be a, a shot in the pan, as they say? Now, look, I, I, I know I know for a fact that 
not everybody has the same outlook as myself or you or anybody. But there will come a time, like myself, like you, we are going to have to drop weight down. We're going to be older. You know, maybe we can't lift what we did before. But when you see a guy like Nornberg there, a guy, I think he was in, what, his 60s or 70s, he was still benching over 400 pounds. That's what I'm talking about when you just have this drive in you and you still want to do it. And that's what I see happening, I think, in the next five years. I think you're going to start seeing more of a very basic threaded down like I talked with Scott about stuff we're doing with my websites we're going to take them right down to the raw bone if there's only two things that are going to be of interest that's what you're going to see but when you go in here and you internally get in here you're going to be amazed at what you're going to see and read the same thing's going to happen I believe with a lot of training you know John McKean who Scott knows through different things of reading he was my hero as a kid I discovered him through Hard Gainer, and we've become very good friends. I talk to him at least once a week phone. I'm always getting stuff. You see me, I'm putting up his articles. He's just an incredible human being. He got Skype put on his phone the other night, sent it right to me. We'll have John on very shortly. John's going to be a guy that's going to talk a lot like we do here. This stripped-down version, he's had offers from big-known people that want to publish everything he's ever written. And I take this very serious, and it's an honor to me. He said, now, I write for uh, Eric Fiorello's company, Fiorello Barbell and Motivation Muscle. He said, if I'm thinking what I'm thinking, the chances are I'd do something with him. That's pretty damn good, I think. He doesn't need me like that. But what he said here, he goes, you're a guy that really presents what I believe has been lost for years. You believe in this and you do it. When someone like that, that has his experience, says that to me, I take that to heart. And I don't take it as, oh, it's a nice pat on the back, which it is to a point. But it's like I have a responsibility like that. And when we talk about overheads and getting things down to the basic and maybe suddenly all these things that we've been doing for years just aren't as attractive anymore because a lot of times the wrong people get into these federations or whatever you're doing, too many rules, you know, too many stipulations. Well, we've got to make this to do that. I understand finances, believe me, better than most people, but where where does it come to that point where we start giving what we were here in the beginning for up? See, I won't do that. I'd rather t- take M&M and, and drop it on its face than sell it out and say, well, you know, I, I got the money finally. Well, then what the hell did you do for the last five years to build this thing? You know what I mean? So I don't agree with overhead pressing gone. I don't agree with a lot of things. I don't have the power to change that. But suddenly if Scott and I say, well, he's going to be in Atlanta and I'm going to be here in New York and we're going to create this thing now, whether it's through Skype or you can send in video, because I'd love to start doing that. Put it up on Etched. Show us what you're doing with your pressing. In fact, I'll put that out right now. You want to send video in, you can send stuff to Scott or if he wants to do that. He'd lo- I'd love to have him involved if he's interested. And I I didn't even tell him this, so I've got him on a spot here, which I don't like doing, but he can do it. I know it. Dumbbell work. Come on, folks. If this is stuff you want, I don't care. They send here, press stones overhead. Press kettlebells overhead. We've got to get this stuff out there again. 
It's all yours, brother. Yeah, it's uh, you know, let's go back to the uh, let's go back to the politics a little bit, you know, because yeah. we we uh, kind of jumped over that, but it kind of ties back into what I was saying about how the sport uh, sport changes things. You know, when when the win is what the goal is, yep. you know, with the press, and and I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't even born when they abolished the right, press, right. so it was yep. just I didn't even grow up with it. Yep. But when you look at a lot of the old video and a lot of the old pictures and stuff like that, what you saw were the athletes maximizing within the rules. Yep. Okay, and yep. this is where it becomes the gray area. You know, they were still keeping their knees locked. They weren't using leg drive. But what we saw where they were do they were doing a back bend. They were yeah. falling away yep. from the bar to get the bar off the chest. And you know, on one hand, you might you know applaud them and say you know that there's some ingenuity there. You know, there, there's some you know they're trying to play with leverages and stuff like that. But on the other hand, does it is it really a press now, or is it just a uh, is it just a matter of physics? You know, and then that's where it becomes. And you can see why eventually it had to be yeah. dropped because it's like where does the you know where does the back bend truly begin and you know or, or where does the press begin and the back bend truly end and stuff. Yep. And you're almost turning it into a standing standing bench press, and it's the same thing we've seen in the bench press with the extreme arches and oh, the, the way yep. to maximize the leverages and things like that. And again, you know, it's, it's all a function of the, the sport itself and the, the want to win. So on the one hand, you can understand that competitive drive to be number one, but you also see how, and I don't know if taint is the right word, but how it kind of taints yeah. the uh, essence of, of the, the lift but then again, that's the route of sport and competition. And that wasn't the goal for the original physical culture movement. It was about becoming a better human being, becoming a, a stronger human being, a more physically developed human being. And I can tell you right now, if you're trying to build a massive set of shoulders, mm -hmm. doing a, a, a backward bending, you know, non-pressing extension of the weight overhead with – 150 pounds more than you can press in a strict manner isn't going to do anything for your shoulders. No. You know, if you want to build up your shoulders, you're better cutting the weight down, locking those knees in place, keeping the back upright, and pressing the weight with the shoulders and the triceps. Well, and that's that's just the fact of the matter. Well, think about this for a second. All right, you know, as Doctor Ken used to say, "Walking strong." Just just visualize this to yourself. Think about Grimmick, Steve Reeves. Um, Reg Park, we can name a ton of them, but look at their physiques, how thick they were. Now, aesthetically, obviously, Reeves was probably the smallest out of the three, if you want to talk body weight and all that, but look at the physique on that guy. Now, this is my argument for everything. Everybody wants to lift the heaviest stuff, You're, the, the guy behind the mic here included, but, you know, you, I'm kind of it's kind of a double edge for me. Those guys were very strong, but aesthetically, look how good they looked. I mean, you didn't see a big stomach on them. They, everything, obviously, was tailored because you're not going to buy rack, stuff off the rack with the way they were built. But my point is, I guess, for the, what is it do you want? I mean, do you want to lift the biggest things in the world? Now, if you're going to compete, do you want to start going into gear? Do you want to not – all right, well – why don't you press overhead? Well, I do that in the off season, but I don't use it that much. I'm like, okay. My point of the matter is this. If you're in it for the long haul or you have a different thing, no one could take away from those three gentlemen. They were weak. They were strong as hell. 
Strong as hell. You see pictures of them today, and I'm telling you, yeah, I know they're different from bodybuilding. Nothing's going to be like it was 50, 60 years ago. But my point is they could put the rubber to the road. We were talking about Peanuts West a little while ago. Think about Pat Casey, big guy. What was he? Did he Was he the first one to hit 600-pound bench, I think? I Don't quote me on that, but I think that's correct. I, yeah. Right, okay. I mean, you see the pictures of him. I put him up. He's inclining a pair of 200-pounders in each hand, right? Now, he was clarified back then. Powerlifting was probably much greener, obviously, and he was that. And a lot of them were. But they still did the other things. They were a complete lifter. And, and my point to just circle the wagon is this. They not only were big and strong, they just looked good. All right. They they presented themselves in a different package because Scott can tell you from being a business owner myself, too. And I know people don't like to be judged in today's world, but you walk in somewhere, say I have to meet somebody for advertising. If I walk in with ripped sweats and a sweatshirt on and a hat or walk in, you know with a shirt and tie and a pair of custom-made dress pants, I think I'm going to get their attention much more, okay? And this is my point. you got to draw the line somewhere. What do you want? Do you want to be strong, powerful overhead, powerful everywhere else, or do you want to just concentrate on a few things, do that, be good at it, and just go from there? I take the first because – as I said, with physical culture, which we always talk about, I'm looking for the longevity of what I do. Now, I think getting as big as you can, as strong as you can, is a great thing. But I'm looking at it a different way. You're lifting stones. There's not a hell of a lot of gear you can wear for stones, right? I mean, you know, a lot of guys wear the arm sleeves. I do, too, because of the one tear. Things of that nature. I got no problem with that because that's not going to help you lift a friggin' 400-pound stone off the ground. My point is there's just different ways. And what I want to see happen is get back to more of a basic. We talk about basic squat, deadlift, you know, bench, overhead. That's what I want to see again. And any of us that have been doing this for a long time, what do we do when we hit the wall? I think Scott and I talked about this. You go back and, you you know, you should never stop doing them. But a lot of times you'll go back and start your basics all over again. Why? They're the feeders into everything else you do and you love. And that could be anything from, obviously, stone lifting, farmer's walks, yoke, kettlebells, flipping tires. Whatever it is. But the bottom line, the only reason why you're doing that now is because you stuck with the basics. Take it away, brother. Yeah, I agree. I And, and that goes back to you know you, the comment you made about uh, Pat Casey and all them. I really feel like that was kind of the end of the physical culture era yeah. as we talk about it. You know, that whole turn of the century physical culture concept, uh, holistic development and things like that. Because you're right. They – they were insanely strong. They looked it too. Yeah. You know, I mean, they yeah. had big, thick muscles. They had they had thick joints. They just that you looked at them and in just the look defined, you know, strong man. But if you compare it to a strong man competitor, and when I say strong man now, I'm talking about the sport of strong yeah. man. Yeah. Compare it to a strong man competitor today. Uh, compared to a powerlifter today. Compared to a bodybuilder today. Now, because of specialization, you know. 
each sport really has its own physique yep. um, when you're talking about the super heavyweights. Okay, the, the lighter weight class guys are always going to just be muscled up, leaner, just because of a function of, you know, they've got to maintain, you know, a weight class. So they're going to try to be as muscular as possible. But when you start looking at these super heavyweights, oh, yeah. they'll just put on an excessive amount of body mass even body fat because fat mass is beneficial when you're talking about the unrestricted weight classes and things like that. But again, that drive for specialization has gotten us further and further from the goal of what physical culture was originally about. Yep. But you're not going to lift. You know, th those guys are pushing the limits on what the human body's capable of lifting. You know, if you want to do 1,000, 1,100-pound squats, if you want to do eight, 900,000-pound benches, if you want to, you know, do these, you know, 1,000-pound-plus deadlifts and things like that, it requires a certain body type. Yep. You know, 150, 160-pound lifters aren't doing that kind of stuff. No, no, not so at all. That's, that's that deal with the devil that you got to make when you start looking at if in order to do this, am I willing to sacrifice maybe years off my life? Am I willing to sacrifice my health? And that's your that's your decision to make. You know, if it's an informed decision, then right on. You know that that's totally that's totally fine in my opinion. But that's not what the founding fathers of the physical culture movement had in mind. It wasn't this insane specialization. It was about the holistic development of the human body, everything from the intellect to the muscle to the to the strength. You know, it, it was a it was about everything. And it wasn't about this extreme specialization that we're seeing nowadays. So is it right? Is it wrong? It's really not me you know, to, to judge. It's really more about what are you into and what are your personal beliefs. And like you, you know, I want to do this stuff for the long haul. Yeah, I want to be 70, 80, 90 years old still moving something. I don't care. You know, obviously, it's not going to be some sort of world record kind of lift. But to be able to be physically engaged in this body for the long haul is more important to me than being the best in a competition, you know? Well, and you see, you know, how many of you, you know, think about it. How many of these people you're going to see maybe in five or ten years? Not many of them. It, it's like I said, it's a shooting star. The idea of physical Unfortunately, the lifespan is shorter for, generally speaking, shorter for the extreme competitor, yeah. Without a doubt. And, and look, I love competition. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's – I, I think, like Scott said, the holistic approach, what the founders, you know, went with, what they did. Um, my whole thing is I just don't want to be somebody that's got to depend on people like that. When you get older, yeah, family, whatever. But, I, I, you know, one thing you teach yourself with what we do is this independence. And, you know, Scott referred to it as the whole mental thing, too, you know, the mind. Um who the hell wants to go through life after you've done the things we've done and suddenly, man, I got to depend on somebody to put my shoes on? See, I don't, I, I'm never going to be good like that. I'm not a good patient like that. I, I hope the good Lord takes me because um, you'll never see me in an old folks home. Let me tell you that right now. Never. At least not knowingly, mentally. Um, no way. To me... That's the crash course of everything. I've had people say to me, well, you know, someday you're going to get older. I said, well, I don't think that way, though. I don't think about ailments. I don't think about – that's why I don't watch TV. Watch TV sometime. Watch anything. Watch a Yankee game sometime if you're in New York. Every other commercial is about high blood pressure, diabetes, ED, you name it. Okay? And then you'll hear the side effects. Well, bleeding, uh, psychosis. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? 
you know, and they all have the little jingles and the guys act like a bunch of turds dancing around like a bunch of little two-year-olds. No way, man. No way. If some of these people got out and did some real physical culture 20 years ago, guarantee you the majority of them would be in the boat they're in right now. And that's the main thing. But before, you know, I'm going to give it to Scott to summarize, but before we go off today, you know, overhead, like so many things, are gone. I mean, there's still people doing it, but I'm talking at Olympic level gone. For whatever the whole reasoning was, I'll never know. We only know what we read. I've heard political things with different lifters. They didn't want to give one the edge over the other, et cetera, et cetera. We're never going to know because two out of the three right now are no longer with us who were real big, you know, with Redding and Alexi and obviously Ken Patera, who we're working on to get on here um, through another guy, and he's in his 70s, I think, now. Um, that would be a great, great show with him, too. But that's neither here nor there. It would be great to talk to him about that and see what he thought because then we'd hear about somebody that was right in the thick of it, you know. And I would love to do that. But to wind this up on my end is this. You know, there's going to be a lot of things. We talked about the gear with powerlifting, with all kinds of things. You know, we hear the nonsense I've said here how many times ESPN dropped World's Strongest Man because they said they were all on steroids. They have no proof of that regardless, all right? And then they got the nerve to bring CrossFit in. And what, three or four years ago, they were all busted for steroids. Girls too, folks. Makes me laugh. It's like, what a bunch of hypocrites, okay? It's like this. There's going to be things that I do believe still should be around. Overhead pressing should be something in any gym should be a requirement. Just like with Danny's here and stuff. Never force him, but get him interested. I mean, he plays flag football and other sports with kids. But if I could get my way with him, you know, you'd see more than him flipping tires and lifting rocks here. He's a little young. I've got things planned out if he wants to do them or not. But this is the way you teach him, and you can bet your ass if he came here, he'd learn how to press overhead. And then when they go out and play football, like I'm sure if he's like his father, you know, or you hear me talk about John McKean's grandson who's doing Believe it or not, I don't know if I told you, Scott, he is doing a lot of the routines we're doing in the power rack right now. I think he's 12 years old, and he's like 5'7 or 5'8. I think John said he's around a deuce, and um, they can't tackle him on the field. I mean, he it takes five guys to take this kid down. He's so strong, and that's what I'm saying. Overhead, strong. You know, stones, strong. Tire flip, strong. And we didn't even talk about getting in the weight room. You know, we talk basics, right? Squat, deadlift, press, bench, whatever you want to press, or both, which I would do. I'm telling you right now, you can build a body when we talk about, you know, Reg Park. Uh, You know, you want to talk bodies? Go out and look at Serge Redding. I've put him up a million times on these sites, on Etched in Stone. I'll tell you what. I don't know. I've seen some big legs in lifting, but I don't know, man. That guy might take the ticket, but he was thick from the top of his head right down to his feet. And yeah. I, I and I love Scott watching him when he's doing poles and shit out of blo- – oh, my God. I'm saying to myself, holy God, man. I mean, 
inhuman in some ways. That's what I'm saying. You know, yeah, granted, he was an incredible Olympic lifter, but he just didn't suddenly clean and jerk or press overhead overnight. He built all this stuff up over the years through different modalities of training. But you can bet your ass, anything he was touching, it was heavy. It was heavy. Go look at pictures of Bill March I put up where he's bolt upright, I think, with 390 overhead. I don't know. There was a lot of great pressers, but let me tell you, he might be one, two. I don't know. He might be number. When you look at the weight and, and his body weight alone, pressing that type of weight, and he's not knee, leg kicking, that was straight up. Bam. So I, I could go on for another week with this. But, Scott, take your time, summarize everything, give out all your info. I'll give mine, and we'll get ready for next month, brother. I, I like what you said about writing, but, uh, you know, one of my favorites who uh, uh, just insanely strong and probably unless you're really into competitive weightlifting, you don't hear the name thrown around a lot. But what about uh, Yuri Vlasov? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You want to talk about an insanely developed guy who was super, super strong. And I, I don't know if the word relaxed strength is the right way to say it, but I, I remember watching video of him, him incline pressing, I, maybe well over 400 pounds. <laughs> like, Holy like he could have a casual conversation. Maybe it was high three. I, I don't know what the actual weight was. I mean, there was, you know, three, four or so plates on the bar. I mean, this is old black and white, you know, video sure, footage. Sure. But you're talking about a guy who was insanely strong and he was, uh, he was very intellectual. You know, he wasn't, you know, getting all hyped up and screaming and hollering right. and snorting ammonia and yep. smacking his head against the bar and stomping <laughs> and, and swinging his arms, you know, like these stupid deadlift yep. dance rituals that yep. you see in powerlifting it nowadays and all too. this stuff. Yep. Just calmly walking up to a barbell and, and just knowing how to trip his own switch intellectually to get that weight moving. But from a very – and I'm not – you know, I, like I said, I don't know if relaxed is the right word because obviously muscle mass has to be active to move that kind of weight. Sure. But the level of perceived effort was almost not – it was just like he was just casual, just moving this weight for you know six reps. It, it was phenomenal. And, man, when you look at just built-up thighs and back and hips and shoulders, I mean one of the most impressive uh, – one of the most impressive – just physical specimens. Yeah, I mean, we can always say Alexei. We can always say, yeah. you know, Serge Redding. I mean, obviously, they were the titans. They were the best. But, uh, you know, Vlasov was, I think, in the, the low to mid twos up to about 300 pounds at uh, six foot one. I think his stats were yep. hell of a hell of an athlete and just insanely impressive, man. So, you know, you're talking about Redding. That really uh, reminded me of Vlasov. And just he was always one of my favorites. Yeah. I mean, just look at. Nothing looks more impressive than building body thickness. And when you're doing anything, we know overhead, front squat, rear squat, rows, deadlifts. You know, there's just a billion and one things. You know, those guys who are explosive with high pulls, all that great stuff. You're going to have a body, man, that's just going to be unstoppable. And the look, you know, as I say, I can remember things, you know, Anthony Dottillo wrote multiple articles in both the old Perry Raider Iron Man and when he came to work, when he came and wrote for a while for Milo. And I used to love those articles, the look of power. And man, that's the whole thing, you know, and I hope this is what people are getting from the show. You read that article and it was just like watching a Rocky movie. Damn, man, you had to get out and do it. 
Had to get out and do it. And that's what the essence of all this is. Whether it's overhead, whether it's a squat, whether it's a bent row, whether it's a dumbbell press, whether it's a dumbbell row, stone lift, stone walk, whatever it is. Nothing feels better out there when you get right into this stuff. And you want to get big and strong and not be like the little sissy boys that all they do is work their pecs and arms. They've got chicken legs. If you hit them, they fall over. And all they're doing is drinking a gallon of creatine a day. Well, this is what you do. You don't worry about those other three things. Because I'm telling you right now, the sign of a strong man, you know, you want to be evenly, distri- you know, even distribution all through your body. Of course, there's going to be parts that are always going to, and I'm going to use the word genetically better than the other parts on you. Some people got big arms, some don't. Some got big legs, some have average legs. Some got big wide delts, some are narrower, but maybe they got bigger lats. That's my point. So you always have an opportunity here to go out and be the best you can be. And it's going to take decades of training to do it. I'll be the guy to tell you that. It's not going to happen in 90 days like all these other stupid-ass things you see out there. Ugh. I read some of this stuff. I, I, I'm not even going to get into it because I'm going to get very vulgar about it. I'm not doing it right now. Um, anything else, brother? I mean, it's like, I, you know, I don't. I, I, there's a lot of stuff out there I see I'd love to tell people. Don't even go near, but not going to do it. That's all. Stay away. It's up. It's all yours, brother. That's the problem with uh, that's the problem with, you know, the, on one hand, Internet, social media and stuff has been great because it allows information to be shared. Yeah. But on the other hand, you know, you're going to get this influx of really, really, really bad information. And, uh, you know, just to kind of wrap up yeah. what we've been talking about, you know, in something that we didn't even, you know, we, we talked a little bit about the bench press early. But I'll tell you what, if you're trying to build up your bench press, particularly a raw, strict bench press. One of your best supplementary exercises is your overhead press. Absolutely. You know, yep. A raw bench press. You know, now some of this stuff can be uh, masked, for lack of a better term, with people who wear shirts because they're keeping the shoulders tight. You know, they're keeping that that tight chest panel in the shirt, so it's bringing those joints in a lot tighter and providing some stability to the shoulder. But if you're raw and you want to build strong, stable shoulders, start ramming that bar overhead in in, in a strict press manner, and that'll. I, I've I can't tell you how many big raw benchers I've seen talk about the importance of the strict overhead press. So that, that's another, uh, that's another case for doing the, uh, overhead work if you're trying to build up your bench as well. But, uh, you know, I've seen just in my gym alone lately, I've got this girl who's been working with me. Now she's not a competitive power lifter. I'm trying to push her in that direction. Yep. She just came to me for a little bit more aggressive strength training, I guess, for lack of a better term, because she likes to train hard and lift heavy. Mm-hmm. But out of the two days she trains with me, one of the days we're pushing the overhead work, and she was a uh, she was actually a cheerleader in college, so she had some pretty strong shoulders as it was. But uh, what we like to do is we like to I, I like to work her up strict in the overhead press. Yep. Then I'll let her hit some push presses to get some heavier weight in her hand, you know, yep. help with yep. the, the nervous system load. Yep. And then we back off and we do some drop sets of uh, strict presses. Really basic, but we've seen her bench going up, and she's sporting a pair of shoulders that I know a lot of a lot of women wouldn't mind having, man. So there's uh, you know, there's a case for the uh, overhead press, and and more people should do it, but. Uh, like always, man, I really had fun uh, chatting with you. Today is a very timely discussion because, as you mentioned, I'm making the trip up. I've, geez, I've been living in Atlanta since 99, yep. and I have never been to Tacoa. 
So I, I, you know, one of my buddies is uh, staying here for a few months. He's, uh, he's in town doing a physical therapy internship. Sure. And, uh, my, my wife just uh, went to go visit her parents in PA today, so I'm saying everything like, what am I going to do on Saturday? And said, you know what, man? I'm going to make the journey you know, to pay homage to the strongest man that ever lived to his birthplace in Toccoa, Georgia. So we're going to go up and see the uh, Paul Anderson Memorial Park and uh, check out his stomping grounds of Toccoa. It was in the back of my head because of the episode of uh, Strongest Man in History. Yep. Where uh, they all went to uh, Tacoa to replicate some of Anderson's lifts and and uh, pay pay their respects to the man. So it'll be a cool thing to do. And man, this is a really uh, really timely episode because Paul was unquestionably one of the greatest overhead pressers on that, that have, has ever lived. So I'm really psyched about uh, psyched about that journey we're going to take this afternoon. And uh, it's just a really really timely episode, man. Always fun to uh, chat with you. Really yeah. enjoyed today. Uh, as I have all the ones in the past, and looking forward to the next one, man. Um, do if you get if you think of it, um, anything good picture wise of him, would you be able to get some for me? I uh, do. I'm I'm going to take pictures of everything I can find. Paul okay. Anderson really um, up there. I would appreciate anything because I'd like to put them up on etched and have them too. I mean, and I could send them to John McKean too because I, I'll make this brief and quick. I've got two letters. I have to dig them out. I'll forward them to you. John not only had met Paul a few times, but had verbal correspondence with him, and Paul had written notes. Now, initially, when you did that, the money went into the youth home. That's what Paul would do for people. He'd write them programs and things. But John got friendly with him. So, to make a long story short, you know, I'll get some off to him, but Paul Anderson was obviously, you know, we know his faith and everything. He was just an incredible individual. And, you know, you hear people argue, well, he's not the strongest man in the world. I'll tell you what, man. Raw? Forget raw, just strength alone? There aren't many people that could touch him. Yeah, maybe they've done more weight. But you look at the shit he did. He had nothing. A singlet? Maybe a pair of shorts? Come on, will you? The guy was. I don't. I don't recall ever seeing him wearing a belt. Now that doesn't mean he he didn't. But a lot of those pictures, and I've got his book that that Strassen put out, you know, yeah. through Iron. Yeah. I don't even recall seeing him wearing a belt much, if at all. I almost wanted to say I saw him once, and I don't know if it was a continental lift or something he was doing, but it might have been something. Remember, he had that apparatchik all hooked up to his tree with the chains where he believed yeah. training upside down. He might yes. have had something on but it might not have been a weightlifting belt. But I did, I think I remember one time seeing something on it, and it might have been reference to that. But, you know, you look at him, I, and you and I have talked about this. Yeah, you look at him, and you look at the whole thing he struck up with Bob Peoples. And, you know, Bob Peoples is another one. Who the fuck could touch him pound for pound deadlifting? Raw. I mean, amazing. Uh, amazing. Yeah. D- he's a farm. Otherworldly. Well, think about this, Scott. Work all day on a farm. That that right. alone would put most men in the hole the minute they got done, all right? Secondly, he digs out a root cellar, and that root cellar is just incredible with all the stuff he's got there. And I remember reading – I've got books by him, but I remember reading some stuff – and it, and it, and I'm sure it's on the mark. He was so damn smart. I mean, he would deadlift until he started going stale. Then he'd go to the squat until he went stale. And then he'd go back and forth. I mean, 
Not a 350-pound super either. That's my point of everything, you know, and I should have said his name too with the other three, but, you know, there's so many of them out. Yeah. You know what it is? There's too much information now. That's the big problem, I think, now. And too I'm, much bad information. Too much bad, yeah. And too many people are trying to make a shiny buck on somebody else, and I don't like any of that stuff. And the thing I liked about all that era, and I'll tell you, I wish I was alive in that era. John got to see the era, man. He got to see it. Bill Hinburn, any of them. And the thing is this. Eric, did you see did you see that episode of The Strongest Man in History where they were in Tacoa? No, I didn't see that one. I've caught I almost I got to see it. I got to see it. I think you can see the lifts on YouTube, but this this just gives you an appreciation for what Paul was capable of. You got four of the strong, the, the the modern yeah. day strong yep. men that have ever lived on this show. Eddie Hall, right? Uh, uh, Nick Nick Best, yep. Uh, big uh, Robert O yep. and uh, uh, Brian Shaw. Yep. Okay, you got four of the strongest. You know, Shaw, multi-time world strongest man winner. Hall, yep. world One strongest time. man winner. Yep. Strongest you no know, strongman rules deadlift. I mean, the, you know, Obert Oberst, the best overhead presser. You know, with the law. I mean, you, these are yeah. strong dudes. And when you watch them replicating or, or or attempting to replicate Paul's feats of strength, yeah. And you watch the video of Paul get under the the silver dollar oh, know, yeah. squat, yeah, and knock it out almost effortlessly squat it and put it back in the racks. And then you see these guys trying to do it on a rogue rack yeah. with straps, unable to walk it out yep. to the point where they have to monolift the squat stands yep. because they can't even walk out and stabilize the weight. Now that's taking nothing away from, from the modern guys. They're, they're the strongest guys walking the planet right now, but it gives you an appreciation for what Paul was able to do back then Without the pretty shiny road gear that these guys had, and the belts and the knee wraps and all that stuff, I mean, it's it it's phenomenal. So definitely get your hands on that episode. All right, I will. Well, um, one one of these these days we'll talk offline on some stuff because um, I I, I'm a big believer that um, you don't need all that stuff. Uh, You see a lot. I remember when I started at the Y here in Albany. That was some of the crudest stuff you've ever seen in your life. Do you remember Jubinville in Holyoke years ago? Ed Jubinville, he was an arm arm wrestler and all that. Oh. They made stuff there. It was crude, but it was strong as, you know, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, these guys weren't um, at the top of the chart of anything. But let me tell you, you didn't want to fuck around with these guys. I, they were big. I mean, big, and it was nothing to see these guys with this tubing coming out of nowhere to do dips with, and benches that, you know, if you hit it the wrong way, it would cut you because nobody, you know, grinded the welds down. But here's my point with everything. You can have all the pretty shit in the world and and the sponsors and all that. If you don't have it up there, and you know something, people don't want to hear this anymore, Scott, but let's face it, Paul Anderson believed in God to no end. I mean, he was a minister. All right. I've said this on every show. I've said this when I've written stuff for the blog or on etched or whatever. If you do not believe in yourself, if you do not have faith in yourself, it doesn't matter if you've got more testosterone in you than a goddamn uh, buffalo. 
It doesn't matter if you have somebody waking you up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Okay, let's go. Let's let's get you showered. Let's get you eating. Let's get you out on the road, whatever you're going to do. It doesn't matter if everybody says, hey, don't worry about it. We'll get it tomorrow. It matters what you believe. It matters what you want to do. It matters if you got the discipline to do it. And a lot of these people don't. That's why they've got to have handlers to push them to do something. That's one thing I always admired about certain people, myself included. Yep, a lot of people have been good to me and helped me, but I never had to get anybody to push me to get out there. Because here's my theory. Well, I don't, I don't believe in theories either. Here's my thought on it. Every time you miss a workout, you don't know what you lost there. And you only have so many years in your life. And if you're interested in, in being better, okay, better than the crowd, another rung on the ladder, goal-driven, oriented, just wanting to learn and think and do and push, that's the way you're going to behave when you believe. Now, you can believe in God. You can believe in the man on the moon. I don't care. But that's where I think Paul Anderson had his edge over even everybody today. When you see, you can't believe this guy's moving this. I mean, that one on Muscle Beach, he's pressing over 500 pounds, bolt upright, because you'll never forget it. There's all the guys, they, they probably just go on the church or something. They all got shirt and tie and coats on. And, of course, the black glasses, they all look great. You know, California. There's Anderson, man, in a pair of shorts, ripping a 500-pound bolt-upright press. And don't tell me, oh, he weighed 350. There's a lot of guys 350 that couldn't press half that of that. I can't do that, yeah. Yeah, so, but I didn't mean to cut you off, but go ahead, just finish up, brother. No, man, yeah, no, I, I just I, I just thought it was uh, it was interesting, you know, to, to see that episode. And, and I'll to check see that out, these, yep. These absolute titans struggling with you know the yep. lifts that you know that 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 silver dollar squat which was very controversial and uh but to watch them not even be able to walk it out to squat the weight was amazing man it just made you you know when they showed the video of paul doing it he just casually two steps back squatted it two steps up placed it in the rack i mean it was just it makes you appreciate especially when you factor in the time difference oh yeah when he, yeah, yeah and these guys now and the stuff they have access to now, yep. I mean, it just makes you appreciate what that guy was capable of. And that's why I'll always say the strongest man that ever lived. Oh, yeah. Hands well, down. Yeah, without question. And, and you know something I'll say to you? I can't wait till you get there. I Listen, listen well to the wind because you never know whose voice you're going to hear in it, man. His spirit is there big time. You can bet on it. And, you know, if we could go back today, you and I, and interview him and Bob Peoples, it'd be, I, I could fucking retire from this. I'll tell you right now. That'd be, <laughs> yeah, right. Not, not that I would, but can you imagine that? So, Scott, give out your websites and stuff. I'll give mine and we'll finish the day up, brother. Yeah, man. Like I said earlier, my website is uh, eptsgym.com. Uh, that's where people can go. They can learn about what I'm doing down here in the Atlanta area as far as uh, strength training, conditioning, as well as uh, get links to all my products, my services, my my blog, my video blog, my uh, podcast. Uh, they can get information on the uh, online uh, coaching that I can provide as well as the in-person training that we do down here in my training center. And then also, I think I mentioned last time, we also have a great jujitsu program. Uh, one of the athletes that I've trained for many years now, Chris Jones, opened up his uh, 
his jiu-jitsu academy, Nucleus Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He's in the same facility that I am, so we got that right there as well. So if uh, anybody's looking for a great martial arts training program and strength and conditioning in the North Atlanta area, come see us. Awesome. This is Motivation Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7. You know where to go out to. Same with uh, Fiorella Barbell Company. But uh, here's the big thing. If there's a show you like Scott and I to do, Fiorella Barbell at nightcap.r.com or on iTunes and Stitcher. Give us a five-star review. That's what we've gotten from everybody. We thank you for that. We're on Spotify. We're on Google uh, Podcasts. We are also on AHA Directory for your car. It's pronounced AHA. If someone seeks you out in the gym or the concrete jungle, never be afraid to give them five words to inspire. I'll tell you right now, I do this show. Why? Because I love it. It's like my heart, man, literally. If you can't realize that. I don't know about Scott right now, but I am one fired up motherfucker right now. When you talk about this stuff and you revel in it and you love it, like I feel right now I'm swimming in Paul Anderson and everybody else. Scott, everybody. We're all in this big ocean right now. And I'm telling you right now, if this doesn't get you off your ass and get you moving, nothing's going to. Nothing is ever going to move you. I am so moved right now with this whole show. I don't know if it's just the day, what it is, but you talk about pressing, You talk, especially Paul Anderson, man. You know, you heard Scott say it, greatest of all time. Unbelievable. And you can measure up to things like that. You don't have to be him, but like I said, take a nugget from this show every time. It's just incredible stuff. Also, too, as my mom said when we were kids, never be afraid to say hello to someone or give them a smile for that day. You never know what people are going through. And I will say I pray that what Scott and I talk about all the time, but especially today, if you're on the fence, take what we got here and start. You know you can get a hold of Scott. You know you can get a hold of me. You're not alone, folks. Don't be afraid. Don't let others squash your dreams. Go after it. After it. Next, obviously, if you're going to lift it, bend it, break it, twist it, press it, pull it. If you're going to, um, well, if you're going to lift stones, turn them into dust, as Paul Thor loves when we talk about that here. He's our buddy from Wales. Awesome guy. Also, too. The Hoosa Steel Stone says, domination in blood red. We dominate the field. We clear-cut the field. We clear-cut the path, and we follow no one. Dominate, obliterate, and dent everything in your path. Today, we had the balls of King Kong and the Hulk. No one will ever clip our balls here, and I mean no one. Russell Fur, when I listen to your shows, I swear there's testosterone dripping out of my speakers. It's more like a tidal wave, brother. It gets bigger and wider every day. Frank Klein, my greatest business college professor. Repetition, repetition, repetition. Quitters never win. Winners never quit. I got to tell you, man, I'm going to say again, I feel fucking great right now. Holy God, I'm on fire. My dad, who I wish was with me right now. And you know what he says, and I say it all the time. Be a leader, not a follower. This is all about today, leadership. John Ridge, my greatest or my greatest chiropractor ever. Four, we lost him four years last month to cancer. He'd walk every patient in the door, open the door. He was a gentleman and say, keep smiling. 
that will change the way you feel. You could have the worst day in your life. Start saying keep smiling. Paradigm shift, they call it. Go out and look it up. I'm telling you right now, these are things that I'm going to be teaching. I have already. Steve Cotter and I are going to be doing probably a lot of paradigm shifting tomorrow's show. Um, let me think. Uh, also, um, I don't think I'll say that. Well, be a steward of strength. Don't stand on the side of the road and watch the world go by. Tell 100 more of your friends we're coming because we won't kick your door in. We'll blow the roof off your house. Go out, join Etched in Stone, Etched in Stone for Kids. I'm averaging almost every day now eight to ten new people coming into Etched in Stone. It's it's a phenomenon, phenomenal thing happening. Um, that page is absolutely exploding. We are creating, and it's not only stones; it's everything, everything, anything. Power. I don't care. You got an opinion? Write something down. You want to write for my blog? Contact me. We're looking for more people. We only want people that are interested in helping others and giving a point of view that people can go back and forth with. It's very important. Les Brown, you all have greatness in you. We take it two steps further. We believe in you, and we got your back, and that's the way we live. As I said, before I sign off with Scott, you're all winners, you're all champions, and you're all unstoppable. And when you start thinking that way, watch where your life is going to start taking you. The people, places, and events are going to start happening. And believe me, everything you want is out there in the universe. You don't have to beg for it, and you don't have to say, oh, I don't know if I can get it. You get rid of all that verbiage. Start using two words, I am, and put on the end of it what you want. You'll see things happen. Scott, masterpiece, brother. We'll get this up. What's today? Saturday. If everything goes according to plan, it should be up tomorrow night at the latest Monday morning. So I can't wait to hear about Paul. That will be great for the next show. We'll talk a little bit about that. Hopefully you can send me a little uh, picture action. If you want to write something about it, be appreciated. But it's an honor, sir, and I enjoy our shows immensely. So thanks for being on. Thank you, man. I always enjoy being on with you and looking forward to the next one. Yes, sir. So, as I said, the world's asking something from you. Go out and fulfill it because it will come back to you tenfold. Have a great weekend. Scott and I will talk to you next month. Thanks for listening, and I'm telling you right now, keep going, keep going, keep going. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you soon. Thanks so much for listening to Motivation & Muscle, the podcast that connected your brain to your brawn. We'll We'll see see you next time. time.